The Business of Life. Brought to you by Country Harvest Meet the Breadwinners podcast. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. La, 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 la. Hi, I'm Jan Arden. I am sitting here in studio in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, which is unusual. With Arlene Dickinson, this is The Business of Life. This is what you're listening to if you're wondering. Guess what? What? We have a sponsor. We have she have a sponsor of the show. I know. I know everybody out there said it would never happen, but no, everybody, we do. And we are really proud to have them. We are really proud to have Country Harvest as our sponsor yes. of the show. They are our very first sponsor, and they have a fantastic podcast that they have created that talks about breadwinning and the idea that women and men can be breadwinners in the home. Amen. And that we shouldn't put any bias towards the gender of the person who's out there trying to do the very best they can to put food on the table. So grab Life by the Grains, listen yes. to the Breadwinners podcast. Thank you, Country Harvest, for sponsoring us. Does this mean we get free bread? That's all I want to ask. Gosh, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm thrilled. And you know what? What a great campaign. I think we are living in times where we're all kind of dumbfounded by gender roles. And, you know, young people are defying all that. They're showing us every day that, you know, Little girls can like black and blue and boys can like pink and green and they can do everything that a boy can do and a boy can do everything that a girl can do. And I love that. And I think Country Harvest is kind of, you know, pursuing that on a more grown up level is that people out there that are bringing home the, <laughs> the money to put food on the table, like you said, it's, 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 these are shared roles. Anyway, welcome just, aboard Country Harvest. Yes. And, just be you. Uh, just, just be, be you. you. I am being me right now. Make some bread, eat some bread, I'm gonna eat grow some bread, bread. <laughs> be the bread. <laughs> Grab life by the grains of the bread. Yep. Grab life by the grains. I'm going to do it right now. They're so little. I'm watching her doing They're that right tiny, now. They're no, tiny, but I'm going to grab yeah. them. <laughs> Both of my parents worked, you know, when I was growing up as a kid. So breadwinner in my family was, yeah, of course my dad was because traditionally that was the role. But I was in a family where my mother... She worked the entire time that I was growing up, so I'm really grateful that I had that as a role model. I looked at a mom that worked and was um, a big part of the income that we used as a family. So, you know, that's as part of our mission to empower more people to grab life by the grains. I think Country Harvest is doing a great job. They're challenging that breadwinning stereotype. So have you ever gone into a dressing room, whatever, you're at a high-end retailer or a low-end retailer, it doesn't really matter. You, you say, you know what, I think I'm an eight, but I'm going to take... Old Navy? A, I'm, you go into Old Navy. I think I'm going to take... A, I'm an eight, but I think I'm going to take... I'll, I'm going to take the 10 because, you know, I don't want things. I've done this. Dolce & Gabbana. Okay. Love, the, love, love some of their stuff. You'll go in and I'll say, okay, size 10, that feels like it'll fit me. I go in and I can't get that size 10. I can't, I couldn't put, I could not put a, t like, I could not even put one pant leg on. Okay. Yeah. Like it's, and as soon as you try to put it on, like you don't even have to get it up. No, like you know. Four inches up your leg. And you you're know. going, this is, I, I, I could, this, I And how gonna, is this a 10? How is this a 10? And it's, and, or that you, or you take a dress and you go to put it over your head and you go, I can't, <laughs> <laughs> I can't get out of this dress right now. Like, have you ever tried to get Excuse out of something? Excuse me, miss. 
this? Can That's you help too tight me? And you and you're bending over and you're trying to get it over your head. And and you know we're not big women, Jen. Like I, and even if you are a big woman, I mean, it doesn't matter your size. But the point is like. The sizes and the metrics they use for designer fashions are ridiculous. And Would they are it not all... behoove them to make, you know, if the number is the thing that they're all so important for, you know, it is, wouldn't it behoove, like, designers to put the number six on, like, a really, you know, a larger top so that women felt like, hey, I'm getting into a six. No, because they don't this want to sell their stuff. It's like, remember when Lululemon, sorry, Lululemon, you, you can still sponsor no. us. No, maybe. Let me not talk about them Let, because I don't want to put no, this No, you know up, what? There Lululemon are can get their crap together because okay, the so guy that heads that up is... Well, I don't know about that. I don't know enough about. I don't know who heads um, it up no, now. No, no, you don't. Don't ever read what the man says. It's he. It's it's, oh, okay. it's it's. But he had a thing that a was, it was. But <laughs> okay, I guess we're not going to get sponsored by them. Um, but <laughs> no, that bigger girls shouldn't wear his okay, clothes. But sorry, uh, most is. He, I don't think he's. I don't know if is he's still there. I don't think he is. Anyhow, maybe he if he is, go. we don't know anything about. We know nothing about what we're talking about right now. We're just trashing un, un, unintentionally. Um, but I think the point. <laughs> I think the point of it is is that the designers don't really design for larger size women because their designs don't work for larger size women. Why don't they? Because they don't. That's not what they do. They they design them for the beautiful. Haute couture? They design them for kind of the quote, and I'm air quoting here, the beautiful, the beaut- like you did earlier in mm-hmm. another episode. Mm-hmm. They're like, they're designing it for the beautiful woman. Like, do you ever go, Jan? Okay, I'll, let's. Do you have people let's that approach talk- you to dress you? Do you have people that approach you and say, hey, Arlene Dickinson? Who would do can that? I, who would want to dress me? Are you kidding? Everybody no, under the friggin' no, sun? No, no, they would not. I'm, I'm, I, they might, do they, they approach you to no. dress you? No. Okay. They should. Well, they don't. But they don't because we're older, we're not size zero, zero, and we're not- Is it because s- one of my boobs is a B cup and one's in the D cup? No, I'm kidding. But maybe that's- <laughs> Listen, I have been I have been offered clothing before, like yes, for free, and I don't take it because I don't want to be beholden to anybody. So I'm not one of those people that goes in for the big grab of oh, I'll take whatever. Um, I will, however, say that Smythe, um, which I've worn their stuff before. Uh, Nicole has pulled clothes from them Can you before. Get your arms in there. I find their armholes really high. I, don't. I love Smythe. I love them. I love anyway. Their designs, they gave they gave me a jacket. So so thank you to Smythe. Yeah, very nice. much so. Oh, they're really great. And beautiful um, Canadian designers. But yeah, that Tommy's I think, sister. Yes, Tommy Smythe's sister. Mm-hmm. The oh, wonderful they're really good. They're Tommy's really good. that very handsome designer with the big big glasses that works with Sarah Richardson. If you've ever um, his love travel, Tommy. I do Tommy, show. We love you. We love oh, you, Tommy. Gosh. We love Tommy Smythe. We love. I his would sister. dress Tommy Smythe. Just with stuff Tommy, out of my own Tom, closet. <laughs> no, but getting back run, to that. Run, Tommy, run, run. What? I, I don't, uh, you know, I like dressing myself. I like having my own little quirky style. Although, you know, I have in the last year or so worked with a stylist that has been really nice for me. But I won't dwell on the sizing. We'll move on. But it's just, there is no, ladies, are, there's no rhyme or reason for it. And I just want you to know, from me personally, my sizes range. I don't know. I don't even... I don't know how, but I can be anywhere from an 8, and I swear to you, God, to a 16. So just know, 
I don't think it means anything. It's just a number. I would always put clothes on that fit you. Like a lot of women, my girlfriends, I, I didn't fit the, the 10, so I, I don't want it. Well, go find, the, go find the size that fits. Cut the damn tag out. Doesn't matter. Really? They won't wear it because of the size? Yeah. They don't want to see it. It's yeah. psycho- There's a lot of psychological stuff going on. And don't even get me started with the 36, 37, 38, 39 in Europe. Like whatever that is. So I don't even care when I'm in Europe. Yeah, you Europeans with your sizes. Well, I even that's even 30, US thirty six is like a size six. A the tag, Canada. Oh, you mean, oh like the clothing, Canada's not the this. shoes. The clothing. You know, yeah. Australia is this. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's France true. is this. Forty is something. I I just know forty is too small. A forty well, is a forty a ten in no, Canada. I think a, it's. I think a, well, depending. I think it depends on the country. I think a forty in France is like a six or a four. Okay, I rest my case. <laughs> All can I we, know is have, I think you're a 10, Jan. I think you're, you're 11 and I a half. I think you're a 59. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> we and to those of you out there making sizes, well, you know, that's going to change because I'll tell you what's happening. Technology is what's happening. And technology is going to be you're just going to take your phone. You're going to scan it. Oh, God, You're no. going to scan your body. No, listen, this is good. And then, and then wherever you order your clothes from, we'll just send you the whatever size it is that will fit you. So you don't have to send your measurements. It's going to actually know your measurements because you'll scan your body or you'll stand in front of a screen just like they do at the airports and you'll scan your body and it'll say, oh, she's going to, in this brand, she's a size six and this brand, she's a size 14 and this brand, she's a size <laughs> X, XL. Oh, that's, I'm, I'm doing, wait, I got to tell you, I'm doing this biking thing for, uh, <laughs> I should read it to you. So I'm doing this charity ride, mm-hmm. riding a bike for 50 kilometers mm-hmm. and, and in August and I, I somehow said I would do it. I don't know why I said I would do it, but I did. And so the, the, the organizer sent me a note saying, what size? And you know how they wear the, the, the shirts, the riders wear, the bikers wear, the The cyclists. little tight, the tight stinky cyclists. ones yeah, that make the, yeah, your sweat yeah, smell like yeah. old yeah. grapefruits. Yeah, so, they, so she says, What's, what size are you? And I go, oh, I, God. I, I said, I, I think an extra large or an extra, extra large because I don't like tight shirts. And, she, and then she goes, well, what size shirt are you? And I go, well, is it like by small, medium, large, or is it by 30, 32, 34? Like, I know. What is it by? So then and then she says, she says, how far are you going to ride? Like, there's a 50 and 100 kilometer option. I'm going, <laughs> like, I'm going, I don't know what the hell I'm even, like, I don't even know what I, I'm doing what here. Are you, like, wh- I'm, when is this thing? It's in August. I may die. So it would, <laughs> but I will die with a really very cool, apparently cycling outfit on, which I'll look horrendous in. In my because <laughs> they don't fit me because I have no idea what size I'm supposed to be. So I'm gonna so biker shorts, those tight things, yes, right? Which, oh, like, I, I, like I have a say, lycra is a privilege, not a right. Okay, lycra is a privilege, not a right. Not everybody should put lycra on their bodies. I think, and so I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be cycling with all of these you, serious, serious cyclists too. Like these people that I'm going with are like they cycle. Okay, they get out fifty. Kilometers to them is like they're they haven't broken a sweat. Like I'm gonna, I think I don't I, think I would cycle 50 <laughs> kilometers in my lifetime. Okay, speaking of that, speaking yes. of the lycra thing, uh, which I agree with. I don't know if you saw this, but Nike had a mannequin, and it was uh, a woman, but I would say like a size 14 woman mannequin, and they had Nike bra, the Nike pants, and it's a new promotion that. You know, Nike's trying to promote there is more than one body shape out there. Well, the tele- 
Graham in, uh, I think, a London newspaper just slammed it, just said, one of the journalists at this paper said, oh, way to go, Nike, you're just promoting diabetic, you know, diabetes and, uh, you know, uh, an unhealthy body. And anyway, this woman went on and on and on about, you know, how Nike it was, you know, doing the exact opposite of what they thought this campaign was about. And I really want to cheer Nike on because it's, a, you know what those mannequins always look like. They look like this mic stand that's in front of me. Very thin, no hips, no breasts, you know, shoulder blades sticking out. So it, anyway, we can talk about that later, but it's it was, it, they're getting really slammed for having a normal size body looking mannequin. La, la, la. You're back with the business of life with uh, Jan Arden and Arlene Dickinson. We're in Calgary. I have just pulled up the photograph. Uh, I've just pulled the photograph up of the Nike mannequin. Because I hadn't seen it. So Jan is showing me the picture. And I said, what are you talking about? So she's showing it to me. And it's, it's only like they've got it right next to... The little, the skinny, little skinny one. one. And so, of course, it looks a little <laughs> but bit But what, what the pose, her arms are over her head. I'm not laughing at, like, the fact that they did this, because I actually okay. think it's very cool that they yeah. did it. I think I, I love that they're doing it. But they shouldn't have stuck it right next to, <laughs> <laughs> like, six of the other ones, because it looks, it looks markedly... Um, I don't know. Like I, sorry. I, I almost. I, I don't want anyone to think I'm laughing at that the would, idea of it because I'm not. I, I really. That would do be admire. the size. That would be my size of of no, it tights. Would not, Jen. You, you know what? I got to tell you something. You still see yourself that way. You are not that way anymore. You see yourself still that way, though. I know you do because you you still wear baggy clothes and you still you are way <laughs> smaller than you admit to yourself. You are. That's my two cents for you. Well, my counseling to you is you need to, you have been working so hard on being fit and healthy. And you, I mean, listen, you guys, we sat down. There were a plate of cookies that Warren put in front of us. Thank you, not Warren. And um, and Chan had brought San Pellegrino flavored water with zero <laughs> calories and zero vitamin water. And I should have brought a G zero. Like There's a lot us, of zero stuff on you'd her. Like to, well, I, I'm going to bring my stuff. My I'm going to bring some of my products. But I, just wait. Yes. Jan brings all that. Jan hasn't even looked at the cookies. I have had well, two okay, of the cookies because I didn't eat but breakfast. But you know what I mean? I'm, I'm vegan, so I can't eat that. Why? Because there's eggs and, and butter. How do you know? Because I know it. I, it's baking. I, I don't think anyone's going to make vegan cookies without telling you they're vegan cookies. So that's the only reason why. Oh, I thought you were I being so to. restrained. No, I if, was those, so if those were like cookies without eggs and butter in them, I would be devouring Can those. I have yours? Yes, eat mine. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to bring some of my health, I'm going to bring some of my healthy snacks from District Ventures. I'm telling you, nice. you have sent me the most amazing amazing things lately. There's and I, I do want to talk about this. Maybe you can help me with the name of the product. It's um Which one? It's uh, the chickpea pasta. Chickpea pasta. Oh my word, it is chickpeas, folks. I don't chickpeas know what Chickpeas and lentils. Chickpeas and lentils. And I don't know why somebody didn't think of this before, but they have like a vegan mac and cheese, mm-hmm. chickpea and lentil, and it it cooks really quickly. She has long pasta now too. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You know what? I think you might have sent me some in the box. Yeah. I cooked the spirals yeah. like a few days ago and it was so good and I put tomato sauce on there. Anyway, long story short, they're they're making so many innovative things now. But yeah, I would eat those if there wasn't eggs and butter in them. 
she pointed at the cookies that are they're they're basically there's two of they them look on the good. plate. They're, what are they're, they're, chocolate they're, they're, chip? They're actually calling my name right now. And the shape they look of, white chocolate Arlene, chip. Arlene, Arlene, yeah. eat me, eat me. I'm I'm not sweets. Not my kryptonite. Oh, is sweets. it is it kryptonite? What's I'm yours? A sweet and savory, and I would say that you know potato mm, chips. Yeah, which I rarely, rarely eat. So what I've switched out for potato chips, I eat like an organic corn, yellow corn. I'll do that with, with salsa. salsa. Yeah. Because <gasps> it's... You got, did you try the salsa I sent you? I don't think I got try, salsa. Oh, my goodness. i got to get you the salsa. Yes, you do. You're holding out on me, Arlene. The salsa, the best salsa I've ever had, ever. Yeah, Bow Valley Barbecue Salsa. It's to die for. Okay. Like, honestly, it's won awards all over the world. His his um, barbecue sauces, he also makes, he's got the Boccalino brand of salad dressings and he's made a vegan one, a vegan ranch and a vegan Caesar that you would wow. never in a million years See, that's know what I mean. Vegan. People are getting so innovative. Mm-hmm. Um, so smart. It's so uh, valley, everybody. Available at our retailer near you. I love that. Um, is that the Circle K? No. Uh, his 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 because um, I know I know there was a bunch of venture K. stuff at Circle K. Yeah, there's I love that. Um, District Ventures has got a there's a Bull Valley Barbecues there and the uh, Zach's. Um, I did peas, have the Walters the Vegan Clamato. Did you did you like that? It was yeah. so yeah excellent. Yeah, we've got a lot of really cool stuff. And, you know that's but that just let's talk about Canadian entrepreneurs. People talk about people being so entrepreneurial in Canada, but. I, you know, there's something lately I was talking to somebody the other day about, are we really as entrepreneurial, as entrepreneurial as we could be? Um, are we, are we afraid to take risks in this country? I think everyone's, I think risk taking is the biggest leap in the entrepreneurial life. I just had this conversation with my road manager yesterday talking about, you know, having ideas, but being a, a little bit, um, Reluctant to share them with people and to yep. put yourself out there. Yeah. That's a risk. You know, because it is. I, I'm sitting here because I fail all the time. Because I, I, I'm not afraid well, to look foolish. To yeah. And I'm not afraid to look foolish. I don't care if it's a bad idea. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, sharing ideas, you, you, always, you can improve on ideas by sharing them with other people because you can tell them something and go, oh, that'd be cool. Have you ever tried doing it with – I'm just throwing hypotheses out there. But shared ideas are powerful mm-hmm. because you can't do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. Ideas are powerful. I mean, people – they. how many of us have sat at home and seen something and go – Oh, I thought of that five years ago. I wish oh, I'd yeah. done something. I'm like, one of those people. Right? We all have. We all see things and go, why didn't I think of that? Or or even worse, I did think about that and I didn't do anything about it because I didn't think it was such a great idea. Or nobody supported me in mm-hmm. my idea, as you said. Like, you yeah. need people to support you. And so a lot Because they always think it's money. I don't have the money to do it. It's that's not that's money. not it isn't. There that you can if you have a great idea, you can find money. Yeah, it, you need the you need the people what people always say well, what is it that makes a great entrepreneur? How do I get started? And I always say it's that very first step. It's that very first note you so say on stage. Okay, it's I was going to say what is the first step? Cuz pe- that's where people get tripped up, Arlene. Could be figuring out if there's something com- like just could be quitting your job to figure out if you're going and going to do something full time and trying it full time. It could be taking the first step, could be saying it to, you know, like talking about it and getting people to understand it. I mean, there's so many things that are first steps, but mostly it's about acknowledging that you're going to do something about it, not just think about it. And too many people get stuck in the thinking phase of it and don't want to actually do the doing because they're afraid of... Looking bad, they need or they need. I know, looking bad. I I, I want to talk a little bit about that because um, 
every conversation that I've had with people that are, you know, authors or artists or, you know, they want to open a clothing store or do, you know, open a pottery store or whatever the case may be, the biggest uh, thing, the biggest blowback that I always hear from them, I, I want to, but I don't want to look vulnerable. I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm telling you from my experience, my vulnerability has been paramount in my success. Sometimes I think as a nation, we are we play it safe, you know. We Canadians in general? Canadians in general and I think as and, and I think we also that tall poppy syndrome is a real thing. So there's two sides of this. There's A, I don't want to put myself out there because I might fail and look bad. Or B, I don't want to put myself out there, and if I'm successful, have everybody hate me because of my success. Oh. So there are those, but those two things are real, Jen. There are people that they they, they hate don't. Be, being hated for your for being successful. Yeah, Seems well, ludicrous to me. But I think it happens. It does happen. I mean, I, I've especially at, nowadays the one percent, the whole you know people are successful no. or evil somehow, right? Maybe some, uh, maybe they are. No, and and I. I have grappled with that for sure. In all honesty, I have definitely sadly experienced the being successful and how, whether it's old school friends, whether it's acquaintances that I've known, uh, have been, I don't know if it's jealous, I don't know if it's envy. But I've certainly experienced this kind of weird... You're not the same this Jan weird, you used to be. You yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I, I have lent money over the years to people, um, sometimes very unsuccessfully. I, in early on, you know, when I had a little bit of money, people would ask to borrow money, and, um, you know, I did it. And uh, what I learned through that, you know, for the most part, I never got paid back. <laughs> So what my dad said to me one day, he was a very practical guy. He said, Jan, when people ask, you know, you have a decision to make. He said, hey, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, which I understood. If you lent the money or if you don't lend the money, there's two sides to that because they'll be mad at you if you don't lend it to them. And if you do lend it to them, chances are it's you're not going to get it back. It's hard to pay back money. Yeah, well, we've talked about that. It's like you, you, but anyway, you I, give it now, to them, you give it to them. I yeah. give it to them. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the whole thing, getting back to that, being kind of admonished for being successful, I've experienced that, and it has really been a painful thing for me to see people that I kind of knew somewhat well that just resented me for what I had done and where I'd gone in my life. But, you know, 99% of my friends have been the reason that I am successful. That's the other side of this yeah. coin. My greatest successes are my friendship. So yeah. there's that. Yeah. So I'm just saying that's that's just the exception to the rule is having the occasional person that faults you for that. Yeah. You also have to be willing to... Um, you know, it's one thing to give, and I think giving is really important. And and I think giving without any rules attached to once you give something to somebody, it's up to them to decide what they're going to do with it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, but on the other side of that coin, I think you have to be willing to ask for help when you need it. So you, if you're the person who needs the money or needs the help, it's very— it's, I've borrowed money before. It's very—yeah, it's hard, right? Have you? 
Um, yeah, so yeah, for sure okay. I borrowed money. Yeah, for sure I borrowed money. I mean, like I, I lived on borrowed money when I started my <laughs> life. Like everything was borrowed money. I mean, my, my career is based on borrowed money, Arlene. Yeah. Um, my yeah. record company lends yeah. me money. My, you know, the television show that I'm doing, there's a, a whole bunch of people that are fronting me money. Um, you know, certainly... Uh, the, my my network CTV is you know they're a huge part of the financial um, obligation to the show to the Jan show, but you know there's all these you know when you see the the uh, credits at the end of a television show so many people you see involved, all these yeah. these I mean there's there's ten places where you get your money from so I I you know at my at my point in my career I'm still very dependent on. Borrowing money. I mean, yeah. that's what you'd. Call, I don't know what you'd call it. Out funding is yeah. is. Well, I think because you're not you're not afraid that, and you have enough assets that if you, you know, you if if it all ended tomorrow, if you had to sell everything, you could still be ahead of the game and have. I'd hate have to sell everything. I, 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 of course, I understand. But you know what? I, I got to tell you, I had some bad news about a gee about a month ago now. What happened? Um, well, you did it. You and I both did a show at the same time. I did Under New Management. You did yes. Jan Show. And Under New Management didn't get renewed this year because, well, I, they only did four episodes. Um, and I think, and I'm sad that it didn't show. get. I'm sad that it didn't get renewed. Well, I think it was just starting to get its feet under it. It's yes. a very, it's a very complex show to to produce. Yeah. But what makes me sad isn't specifically that that show didn't get renewed. What makes me sad is I think it's really important. Um, that there is a network in this country that is willing to back a strong female entrepreneur as the lead person. And what I was most proud about in Under New Management is that there wasn't another show on television where there was a female entrepreneur and business person kind of who was the, you know, the kind boss. of the star of the show and, and was talking about business. And so I'm sad that it didn't get renewed. I was really disappointed because it also employed, you know, a couple hundred people. Yep. And so I think about the employment that got lost. I think about, you know, the, the crew and all the hard work they put into it. But I'm very disappointed in that. I feel like there's a lost opportunity that we've got to start showing in television and broadcast and radio and podcasts and social and wherever we can. We need to demonstrate that you can be a successful female entrepreneur. And there are too few who get to stand out and actually be elevated on and I use television as the example, I, I can't think of another show where that's happening. And no, that is just wrong. I can think of lots of business shows where men are the central So characters. that still exists. So, yeah, that still exists. So I need to come up with another concept or, you know, we need to talk about it. I'll, I'll talk to, hey, I'll talk to CBC. I'll talk to CTV. I'll talk to anybody <laughs> who wants to do a show that is focused on you know, helping but You know what I love women. about it? And, and, and this is what it's so great for our listeners to hear you talking about, you know, this show that you poured your heart and soul into, that you had an idea for, that, you know, that didn't get renewed. You put yourself out there. You were vulnerable. Yep. You you took a chance. You worked hard. You know, worked really hard. And I think for, you know, people looking at your life that think everything Arlene Dickinson touches turns to gold... I think people now can see on the other side of that fence is a lot of opportunities that you wish would have done better, mm -hmm. but that you, and I love the fact that you're sitting here, Arlene, going, I am going to think of something else. Yeah, you and have that to. Is, but that's, and that's such a great lesson for all of us is that 
gosh, you know, this didn't go the way I wanted it to. You know, female entrepreneur, a, a female lead, star of the show, and that you're not just going, well, gee whiz, that, that didn't work out, so I'm just not doing it anymore. No, and it would be easy to blame the time slot or the, but you, you know, didn't. it was Friday at 8.30, which was, well, of course I'm going to a little bit. <laughs> no, no. I, I didn't know that's not, but I'm saying it's easy to blame everybody else. But at the end of the day, you have to say, what could I have done better to make that show better? How could I have, you know, how could I have shown up differently? So I, if you're not examining your own role that yeah. you play in, in other things, success, but you said this a long time ago, and I believe it too, Jan, like I... I've had lots of things I've tried that have failed. I have tried so many things that have not done well. And I don't ever look at it. I don't even like to use the word failure. I, I just, I tried. I tried mm-hmm. stuff. Sometimes it went really well and sometimes it didn't go as well. But what I, I got experience from it. I learned from it. I got new wrinkles. I got some, <laughs> I got some, I've got, I've had laughs. I've had tears. I've had all of those things. So I, I, I just, to me, it's like just what a, what a, a huge journey. And to sit back and look at your life and my life and to do anything but rejoice at the fact that we get to get up every day and do what we do and even try these things, if we aren't doing that, then there is something major wrong with how we think about What life. else is a life supposed to be? It's supposed to be then lived. Yeah. It is supposed to be lived. It doesn't have to be lived on TV, you guys. And for those of you listening, saying, well, it's easy for you to say because you're all those things. No, you, it doesn't have to be lived that way. Just Jan and I have had the good fortune to have come into this track. But long before I was in television, long before I was in business, long before I was anything, I was a young girl who wanted to, to just live life because I was so – I was taught to be optimistic and to be – excited about what life could be. And I think it starts with an attitude. I had a a picture given to me the other day by my sister who, it was a picture of me when I was six years old, taken at Heritage Park on a a teeter-totter at six, which they had one of those big old ones. And, And I had a real moment, Jan, of thinking about that young girl. And you know how you look at your... I, I saw that you posted all the the notes that your mom had kept you from school oh, and all school the things, work. right? And, and, and it, it takes you back to being a young girl and the things that were going through your head. And I was wearing... I happened to have a handkerchief, like one of those kerchief scarves on. Did you look like a little babushka? I did. I had, little, I had a little gingham top Aww. on and gingham scarf and shorts. And, and I, I can feel... I can feel that little girl. I can feel that little girl like it was yesterday, but yet like it was a million years ago. You know, that like sitting on there and thinking about being at the Heritage Park. I was there with my grandmother from South Africa, my Oma, and my mom and um, my two sisters, and we were there spending the day. I think we were there on the same day. Probably. <laughs> and there was the SS Moye, you remember, that yes. you'd go around the dam, and then the there was wheeler. the paddle the, the wheeler. The SS Moye is yeah. a paddle wheeler, and it goes yeah. around this little the dam. dam. The, the big dam, yeah. And then there was the, the, the train that you could get on, and the big thing was to put a penny on the track on the train Squish and it. the train would flatten it and you could go in and they would Gosh, they, had, they had all this old style candy stores where you could go in and get the cinnamon sticks, cinnamon the sticks and all the stuff for, were like, you not shocked that licorice was like a piece of wood I know <laughs> and it was like 10 cents for a bag of candy yeah it was and, like a piece of wood and you'd gnarl yeah. on that and, <laughs> yeah so I, I all those things it's amazing to me how pictures can give you such a rush of memory and, and, and nostalgia and good and bad like you can look back and go 
And I and I think that's a little bit of the lesson I, I we're talking about today, which is regret is a really unfortunate thing. Mm. You know, living a life where you regret that you didn't try things because you as you age, you realize that the only thing you really needed to be afraid of was your own view of yourself and your own greatness that was in yourself. And does these, that these, ever go away? I I, I I don't know. I guess. I just remember that little girl. I remember, and I and for those of you out there who are, you know, um, anywhere, what well, doesn't matter what age you are, who look back and and think about the girl or the little boy that you were, and you know, you, there's there's many things about who you are that you bring with you in life, and I think values are are one of those things where you you can grow on them, you can expand them, but I think the biggest thing I am I am grateful for when I think back about those years of my life is I was taught empathy. I was taught to, I, I'm kind of going a little bit of a leap here, but I, I wanted to, when I look back at that time, I think I was more concerned about whether my Oma and everybody was having fun. I remember that day, like it, honestly, like it was yesterday. And I think empathy is a, is a lost art in our society. People are losing sight of understanding where people come from, um, I never felt like I fit in at that age. I always felt different. You know, we were from South Africa. We didn't, all of those things, immigrant family. And you had to learn to see things. Not It's not about walking in someone else's shoes. That is not to me what empathy is, uh, although it's important to be able to understand the path they've walked. It's more seeing it through their eyes of their experiences and understanding where they're coming from. Like, you know, like understanding what's driving their yeah. their views what drives their their and caring and caring what yeah. is wrong with us why have we lost our caring i think we're just so overwhelmed with information during the course of a day i don't really watch the news that much anymore arlene i i felt like it was especially with the political climate i'm like you know what i don't need to know all of this stuff all the time I mean, I do, I want to know world conflicts. I'm not saying I'm sticking my head in the sand, but on a regular basis, I used to get up in the morning and I'd turn on, you know, the radio or look at my phone for the news, and I don't do it anymore. And I'll tell you what, I feel better. Um, but I think we are bombarded. We are overstimulated. And, you know, all these shootings, all this violence, all this randomness of people being hurt and maimed for no apparent reason at all. I mean, we see it every day, every day. And I think it's the impact on us is I don't even think we understand really what it's doing to our psyches, to our how we to how we communicate with each other. But anyway, I no, it's a really important topic. I was listening to. Uh, Do you ever listen to Michael Enright on CBC? Yeah. So he had a guest on. He's this, great. Yeah, he had a guest on this week um, from the Indiana University. He had a couple guests on, and they were talking about this very. And I just actually pulled up my phone, Jan, because I, I wrote the notes as I was listening to the show. Um, I pulled over everybody. Um, and and he, he says there's a decline in empathy, but there's a corresponding increase in narcissism. narcissism. So not only is there a decline in empathy, but it's, there's this corresponding increase in narcissism. And it's because people feel sorry for themselves and they feel victimized. They feel like they are somehow, you know... It's 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 happening to me. These the world is happening to me, and there's an increasing sense of individualism. And what's happening is, um, and a good way to think about it is here's a good fact for you: millennials are less likely to donate to charities now than ever, like any other generation. And when they do donate, they donate less. 
And the reason they're less likely to donate— Because they don't and, trust. They don't know. They don't care as much. They, it's not trust. It's they just don't care as much. Well, they don't know where the money's going, maybe. No, it's, it's, a, it's again, it's a, a sense of individualism. It's about me. It's me. It's us versus them. It's me versus the world. It's selfies. It's individualism. It's me. It's my world. I need. That couldn't be I further away from how I live. You're my not life. a millennial. You're not a millennial. I'm not. No, and I hate to stereotype everybody. So, but I think, I think what he said was, <laughs> what he said was, empathy holds society in check, and without it, we won't help others. Yeah. And if we don't have empathy, and he, and he also said the reason it's happening is that we're constantly being asked to pick a side. And to be involved, and we get exhausted. Politically, and, we get exhausted by it, right? Like pick a side on anything, name it. Everyone LGBTQ, got, yeah, anything. Pick a side. Get Republican, involved in it. Democratic, right? Yeah. And, and to and damn then, or not to damn, and it's exhausting. Yeah. Nobody, we can't constantly size ten pick. or size twelve. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's picking a side against. Like if you don't stand for something, it's and the vocal, us and them. It's thing. the us and them, and it's we've lost our we've lost our sense of critical thinking and our ability to have compassion. And, and empathy is not just compassion. Empathy is much, much deeper than that. And they say you're born with 50% of it is genetic and 50% of it is learned. Empathy? Empathy. Some people have a tendency to empathy just simply wow. because of your genetic per, uh, uh, propensity towards it. But you don't have to be born with it in order to be empathetic. So you can be empathetic just simply because you care, you think, you you take the time, you pay attention. Well, my mom was just Your like, mom was an empath- oh empathetic Oh, my gosh. Person. I mean, all you ever had to do was see my mom cradle a bird um, that hit a window in a tea towel and sit it on her lap and give it water from a spoon and then put it in a shoebox and put holes in it and check on it every five minutes. And gosh, almost every single time the bird flew away. Yeah. And I just, you know, speaking of being a little girl and looking back at those images, those things are so indelible with me of how Mm -hmm. my mom treated smaller things, treated things that were smaller than her and seemingly less important in the big scheme of things, whether it was a squirrel or a, you know, the bird or a, you know, baby magpie, whatever, my mom. And so I just, it just was in me. Like, I'll fish a moth out of a rain barrel if I see it fluttering away in there. My dad I'll take the my, time. My dad would I'll not scoop kill, it out. Will you? My dad would not kill a fly. Same thing. If he found a fly in the house, he would catch shoosh it. it out. And shoosh it out <laughs> the door. He, like, he'd say, and I'd say, ooh, it's a fly. And he'd say, Arlene, what did that fly ever do to you? Yeah. <laughs> why, why would you kill it? Well, you know, I... I we're at a time of year where I'm taking so much joy, and I know it's my age, but man, watching things grow. And I and I reflected on that some number of years ago, you know, probably in my mid-40s, when, um, and I've always loved to have a garden. I grew up with a garden. We grew our own vegetables. You know, I lived on an acreage, so my mom and dad really, they were big influencers with me that way. But just, I remember standing there with my hands on my hips, and looking at the stuff growing and just being filled with this joy of like, oh, my gosh, the dill's up. Oh, my God, that's a potato. Oh, my God, look mm-hmm. at the rhubarb. And, Eating uh, the peas right out of the but garden. But there's something so mm. – it's just so simple just watching something something come out of nothing, like a seed in the ground. But those childhood memories – and you're right, I, I, it, it makes sense – but being narcissistic and things like that, I'm uncomfortable with that. I never, I always say to my friends, just 
whack me over the head if I ever. Yeah, because fame, but fame has teeth too. So I'm mindful, you know. But I've been a known person half my life, so I've I've tried to maneuver myself through the world without succumbing to that kind of thinking. And I'm, I'd say it's you've it's success, a job. done it successfully. But I get it because you you have to be conscious of it and you have to not feel entitled because of it. And you're missing out on life to not care about other things and yeah, other people. Yeah, you're missing out to be me, me, me. And I, I don't know why we're we're teaching people that. Look out for number one. You know, that's that's what successful. You know, walk over people. To me, successful is all getting people involved in what you're doing. It's a it's a community. It's a it's not a solo event. Well, well, I couldn't do music without a band. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's I. I'm sorry that that people feel that way. That it's us them against the world, or us against them. Well, mentality. they feel they they feel victimized, and I, I think this is what's going on with the as as more and more refugees are out there, and people are trying to get you know, safety nets, people are getting more and more afraid of losing something they they don't even own. We rent our place in this world. We don't own anything, really, at no. the end of the day. And I don't know if anyone's ever traveled around Canada, but there seems to be a lot of space here. <laughs> and we could use a little more economy. <laughs> we could use yeah. a lot more, you know, a lot po- population. Yes. And, and God knows it's getting warmer here. Our so. population is dwindling. <laughs> yeah. It's like for the yeah. first time in a half a century. I didn't know that populations are dwindling. Now they're not. Ex- they're not in expanding Canada? in Canada or is that worldwide? I think populations declining worldwide. It, it, it might be worldwide. Huh. I don't know. It's specific to us, but yeah, there's there's lots of those things. Anyhow, that went by fast. I, d- I know it always does. When we're together, it seems to go by even faster. Oh, man. Anyway, talk to your friends, everybody. Talk to your friends. Love.